0: Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back again. Episode twenty-four of the Corked Up Podcast. I am Frank. Joined with me as always, my co-host Jack Savio. Jackie, how are you feeling today?
1: Frankie, I am living the high life. It's uh, it's getting a little colder outside, but I'm not letting it dampen my spirits. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the weekend. Um, finally, some postseason baseball is getting under the way and underway. So. You know, we got NHL starting back up. Uh, surprisingly, NBA isn't going to be starting for another, who knows, five months, whatever it may be. They just want to start in June now, Frank. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm all good, Frankie. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just like you said, weather isn't the greatest, but um, hoodie weather is, is still a good time. You don't get to, you know, go out and play basketball at any time that you want, but... It's something about, like, I, I'm in this weather. I like the shorts and a hoodie. You get a little ventilation and you stay warm at the same time. I'm, I don't know if that's weird or not, but that's what I like. Um, but yeah, so guys, we have uh, a pretty jam-packed episode here today. In the first half, we're going to touch here a little bit about the Cubs. I think, you know, the season has breathed a little bit. We got to accept um, our fate, if you will, as Cubs fans for this 2019 season. And we want to talk first a little bit about. The manager situation, obviously, we may touch a little bit on what we want to see in the offseason. Obviously, that's a ways away. Um, but then after that, we will get into some Bears talk. We'll give you guys our thoughts on week four, um, which I, I think both of us will be a lot less long-winded with Mitch's uh, <laughs> injury and absence from pretty much mo- uh, all of that game. And then we will re- um, in the to end the first half, we will talk about week five out in London against Oakland and, and what we want to see. So, Jackie, let's start off um, – You know, Madden's gone, just like all of us pretty much knew was going to happen, unless he, you know, took us deep to the playoffs yet again. Um, But first, before we even get into, like, um, you know, like the different replacement options, what do you think his legacy is in Chicago?
1: Well, I think I know it was a, a little bit rough. Down the stretch, I know a lot of people were upset with him um, pretty much ever since Game 7 of the World Series, if you can believe it or not, with the way he, he handled uh, the starters, handled the bullpen. Um, you know, Essentially, they won in spite of him in spe- instead of because of him, which I, I think is ridiculous. Anyways, the managers in ba- in baseball don't win games. I, I, I've, I'm, I believe that. I think they can put you in positions to win, and the good managers— constantly put you in positions Mm -hmm. to win uh they get the most out of their players they put their players in in positions to succeed um it's really on the players to to succeed themselves and 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 be the kind of players that everyone thinks they should be um now i i think the reaction that i saw um was largely positive to him Mm -hmm. leaving in the sense that not like oh my god thank god he's gone but it was (laughs) OK, you know, thank you, Joe. We appreciate everything you did. Time to move on. I, I kind of hope that in the next couple of years or so, I think we'll really a lot of Cubs fans will really start to see that what we had was a really good thing. Um, we saw, in my opinion, the greatest Cubs manager of all time. Um, just for what he was able, his record in five years is, is nothing short of amazing. Um, what he did in 2015, getting everyone to buy in was, was incredible. And, and you knew that this team was on the right track. 2016 obviously happens. They, they just dominated pretty much from start to finish, um, you know, with, with pretty, with some very few hiccups along the way. Um, and then things just kind of fell apart a little bit in 2017, 2018, 2019 guys just, you know, didn't step, take that next step. Um, you know, I, and I, I mentioned that in 2015, you had those young guys buy in and, we're kind of hearing some things now that we've kind of moved away from Madden getting fired where it's, man, it doesn't sound like some of the younger guys were buying into what Joe Madden had to say. Um, you know, without naming names, it sounds like it was, you know, the the typical cast of characters, Ian Happ, uh, Addison Russell, Albert Almora It was just some of those guys who they expected more of, you know, didn't take that next step. And I don't think that's on Madden. Um, I mean, part of it could be, but I think it, it was just, He was a good fit in 2015 at the right time. He was the perfect coach for the perfect time. And I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that now they're in a different stage of their window. And now they need someone a little bit different, a little bit better of a fit for now. Um, But I think he'll always be remembered as the as the guy who won the who helped the Cubs win a World Series after 108 years of not doing so. Um, Frank, what, what do you think his legacy probably will be?
0: I mean, I I think it will be that as you, especially being a boxing fan, I understand that history is 100% revisionized or I don't know what the correct word is Um, as the, as more time goes by. So people are still a little bit upset about game seven and us pretty much winning in spite of him making some um, I mean, really throughout the playoffs, some, some, he had some coaching blunders and, you know, made some in-game mistakes um, if you will. But as time goes by, all he's going to be remembered for is winning that World Series. Like, no one's going to remember the details anymore. And it's the same thing, like, you know, why boxers will let another guy get old when they fight them. Because in that moment, fans are going to be like, oh, fuck, this fight should have happened five years ago. But 20 years ago, they'll be like, holy shit, Frank B. Jack? That's a fucking great win on his resume. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's yeah. that's just what happens. That's what sports fans do. Really, I mean, that's what history does, to be honest with you. um. So I think he will be remembered just as the guy who helped – or uh, maybe not even help was an integral part of you know breaking that uh breaking that uh, quote unquote curse that the Cubs had for 108 years um but with that being said i i don't want us to be the team that is continuously chasing 2016 and that kind of is my segue into talking about some some uh, potential managers you have a much better scope of major league baseball as a whole than I do. I, I just, it's hard for me to pay attention to more than a couple of teams. It's, it's a lot of games, a lot of players, a lot of teams, and they play every single fucking day during the season. So <laughs> it's very hard for me. Um, but I said all that to say, I don't want it to be an internal candidate. I definitely don't want it to be David Ross. Like I just don't want to live in 2016 anymore. It was great. We, we broke the curse. We did it, but let's not try to replicate that. Let's do what's best for the 2020 Cubs to try and win another one and try and make another deep playoff run. And I think just living in 2016, it's just going to start another curse. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't want that. So I'm curious to know from your standpoint, what are some external... Well, first of all, do you feel the same way as I do? One, and then two, what are some good external candidates that you're hearing about that are, you know, potentially uh, good fits for the Cubs?
1: Yeah, so I I think... To start off with, with obviously the the number one candidate, the guy who's the front runner right now, Um, and as much as a lot of Cubs fans may want it, uh, I I'm I'm at a crossroads right now, Frank, with David Ross. Um, You know, part of me wants a guy who who has experience managing. David Ross, this would be the first time he's doing it. Um, You know, part of me does want that, but on the other hand, it it kind of makes, it almost makes sense. I, I get the sense that you don't want to relive 2016 and you want to move on. You want to see what else is out there. But I mean, and, and even with the man limited managerial, ex, you know, experience, um, you take a look at a guy like Aaron Boone, it was just leading the Yankees. Like any, they dealt with a number of injuries this year to some big name guys. And it didn't fucking matter. Well, his his still, players are fucking savages though. That's the thing. And they're savages. Exactly. They're fucking savages. Um, you know and 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 surprisingly most of them are white so they the, the it doesn't really make sense um but it's like uh he he it like he still cruised into an ALE's chant like division title like it, it was so impressive and it just it's kind of that leads to well how well does David Ross really know these guys and, and i mean it would be kind of foolish to say that he doesn't know these guys all that well um you know he could just be a good fit You obviously know that the front office can kind of run through him. You know, they'll they'll get him for cheap. It's his first time doing it. Um, He'll basically be willing to do kind of whatever the front office says, where we know there was some friction, uh, friction, excuse me, between the front office and Joe Madden, where it sounds like at times Joe Madden would kind of just stop listening to them. Um, Yeah, that's obviously a huge issue. Um, So I think I think David Ross really is the front runner. It's hard for me to really think that there's anyone else. Um, Joe Girardi, I think is a pipe dream for a lot of Cubs fans. Um, I, I don't really understand it to be completely honest with you. Um, I get the, the resume is kind of nice, but I, I don't think he's as different from Joe Madden as a lot of people make him out to be Yeah. Um, he's, he, he even admitted as such, he's like, I, I don't know where all this is coming from. I, I'm not like a jerk. I'm just, I, I do like analytics, like kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, accountability is kind of what I I think they're looking for. And, and, uh, you know, if David Ross can provide that, then, then I'm all for it. Um, some external candidates I would love, um, you know, I was listening to 670 the score a little bit earlier this week. And they had, um, one of the Astros TV guys on talking about, uh, the Astros bench coach, uh, Joe Estrada, I believe it is. Um, and I mean, he sold the hell out of him to me and it kind of makes sense. You know, it's kind of like, um, the Sean McVay situation where it's mm-hmm. like not necessarily I want, you know, a guy who who went to coffee with to go get coffee with Sean McVay one time, but it's like, I want to start, uh, I want to poach coaches from successful teams, right? Because they obviously have been learning. They know what the system is. Damn. If they could implement whatever system the Astros have used on their starting pitching, that would be incredible. So maybe something like that, maybe, you know, maybe the Dodgers bench coach, one of these teams, they, they have guys kind of waiting in the wings. And I think it just makes sense to kind of do it like that. If you're looking for a more, um, you know, hot named coach, I, I would say mm-hmm. something like that um, rather than one specific name. Um, other than that, I, I just think it's going to be David Ross. With all that being said, I, I just think there, there are, it just makes so much sense for, yeah. for the front office.
0: It's, and the two things that scare me with that is one I touched on, you know, I just don't want to live in 2016. It, it, it was great. It was a moment. I still like shed a, like literally shed a tear when that game seven, yeah, uh, nine minute like goes viral again. That video and it shows from start to finish. Like it's still such an incredible moment in my life. Um, and I but I just don't want to live in that. I don't want to like. I don't want to be the 85 Bears fans where it's like 85, 85. Like when when are we gonna give up? And I know it's only been a few years, but it's like it just shows that we haven't won shit because we're just still stuck in 2016. Like let's be, let's continue to get this going. Um, But two, the thing that scares me and, and, and I could be way off base here, but I I don't know if he's removed from playing long enough where guys are going to respect him as a manager. Hmm. That part scares me. A lot of this team played with him. You know what I mean? And, that being said, on the flip side of everything, I think the Cubs are in a pretty cool position when looking for a manager this go round because they can actually find the right fit for them. And that's not to say that Joe Madden wasn't the right fit. But when you think about that offseason, Joe Madden and John Lester were integral just to the story of the Cubs. It was like, hey, we are here now. Yeah. We're not rebuilding anymore. We right. have a number one starter. We have the best coach in the business. Let's fucking do the thing. We're going to show you guys what we can do. We don't have to really do that this time around. We can find someone that's really the best fit. And like I said, that's not to say Joe wasn't, but it was a little bit more of a statement being made as well with that signing as well as him being a good coach. So yeah, I'm just yeah. nervous about the whole thing. You know what I mean?
1: And and we've, you know, we, we don't have to talk about on this too much longer. Um, we can, we can move on to some, some NFL talk. Um, but I guess kind of my last point to, to what you're saying is we we've talked a ton about, um, you know, different style of managers, managers, not necessarily being, you know, one specific thing all throughout their entire career at all points in time. You know, we talk about Ricky Renneria all the time in, in terms of him, maybe just being that developmental guy, a guy yeah. who can get a team into the right position, but maybe when it's time to compete, you're looking elsewhere. You know, he, maybe mm-hmm. he just doesn't have the, the right strategic element, but he has the the personality to kind of bring a team together. Yeah. Um, I, I think Joe Mann might just be one of those guys who's was really good at coming into to young situations, um, you know, kind of getting guys to buy in because these, you know, young kids have been doing nothing but getting screamed at their entire lives. And he's like, listen, you're fucking grown men. We're playing a <laughs> fucking children's game. Let's just fucking do this. Let's just fucking yeah. Get yeah, together yeah, yeah. And win this shit. Whereas like, I think at a certain point, you know, guys, as they continue to grow throughout their career, it, it's not crazy for certain players to need to hear different messages throughout their career. I I don't think that's that strange. Um, you know, guys can get complacent. Um, you know, it, it happens all the time. And, and you look at the Astros, they went in 2017, they're right fucking back on track to win a world series two years later. That's what the Cubs were supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I think a lot of that was just, you know, drafting. I thought, you know, they're, they're per, they're Um, Professional player scouts I didn't do a very good job uh, other than like Castellanos um, and some of the other in-season trades that they made. It was like, you know, Tyler Chatwood. That, that just that's that can't happen if you're trying to go out and, and win another World Series within this window. Um, I just think Madden was a great fit at the at the perfect time. It, it just worked out so well. You can't regret it. I agree with you. Just because it makes a lot of sense, and I'm talking to Cubs fans, Frank, mm-hmm. for David Ross to be that coach, it doesn't mean he's the right fit. And, and I think they, it, it, they're they doing a disservice to their to themselves, to the players, to the fans, if they just say, well, you know, we love David Ross, we got to get him in here, where it's like, yeah, but okay, but is he the right fit for your team? And I, 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 I trust this front office, at least to this point, to to make, to at least go through the process, right? You never know what you're going to find. Just kind of see what's out there. That's that's what I'll say about, of, of that, Frankie.
0: I agree. And I think we both said all we can say at this point uh, of the coaching uh, search process, I guess you would say. Um, so I'm ready to move on to some to some bears. Uh, guys, just like I, I told you guys, I won't nearly be as long-winded You know, in the week four win against Minnesota, at least towards the bears. I, I think... Anyone who has faith in Kirk Cousins at this point, I think is, is is being very wishful rather than anything else. He's kind of showed you what he is, uh, as a quarterback and the Vikings just fucking hamstrung themselves. Um, I will say this, if anyone thought, and and we were both advocates uh, of the exact opposite of this, but if anyone thought this defense was going to take a step back, I really have no idea what you thought. Either you thought Chuck Pagano was that bad of um, a defensive coordinator, or you thought this talent was just going to go away. But they're here to stay. Like, this is a young nucleus that is has so much depth that they, they are here. Um, that said, the only point I want to make on offense is the faster Mitch gets back, the better. Because Chase came in, and he did a serviceable job. Let's not get it twisted. It's not like he looked bad. But if this was a Mitch Trubisky led game, he would have been crucified. We, we had two drives start on, you know, in uh, the the Vikings uh, side of the 50 and we settled for field goals like that's not good at all. It, 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 we're going to start playing better offenses and our defense isn't only going to give up six points like there. It's, you know, especially if the offense can't do anything. So we, we need more offensively from them. If anyone thinks Chase Daniel is the answer. I think you should be a Vikings fan because Kirk cousins would actually be an upgrade for you. I I really don't know what else to say. Um, Big Dick Eddie looked great again. He he's, he seems like he's going to be awesome for this team. I, even when you just hear him talk um, I didn't realize he was that young. He's only 24 years old. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, all in all, you know, good, solid team wins. Special teams is an underrated group here. I think because of how good the defense is and how bad the offense has been, they've kind of been lost in the shuffle, but they are a very good group. Um, I guess my only hot take from the game is that I really haven't been impressed by David Montgomery yet this year. It's impressive that he can break tackles, but it's it, when you take everything into context and don't just look at the number of tackles he's breaking, He's only going east to west. like, And I understand that the offensive line hasn't been great. They've probably been the worst position group on the team. But there have been times where there have been holes. And I don't know if it's sh- he's just shell-shocked and not used to having this hole. But like, I want him to hit the hole a little bit more. Even if one's not there. Like, Just get to the line of scrimmage with a head of steam and see what happens. Like, I get you're shifty and you can do that. There are times where he looks like Le'Veon Bell out there. Where he's kind of waiting for a hole. He gets one and gets seven yards out of nothing. But... I don't know. I I would like to see I would like to see a little bit more explosiveness out of him rather than east to west movement just to, for the sake of breaking a couple of tackles. Um, I think those are really my only thoughts about the yeah. game. What did you think?
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, nothing nothing too different from from what you said. Um, just to kind of change it up a little bit, um, you know, I, I definitely want to talk at least a little bit about the defensive line, um, the 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 work that they did without Akeem Hicks. Um, you know, without Bilal Nichols, and, and they absolutely just shut down the most effective run game in in the league at least to this point in the season, was nothing short of phenomenal. I mean, you you you're worried about Dalvin Cook. You know, it's either that or the the Vikings are going to be pretty much shut down, and we saw <laughs> that exactly play out. Um, Nick Williams, like the, the Roy Robertson, Harris, the depth on this team, it, it's just. I mean, I, I understand people's frustration with, with Ryan Pace for, for how he went about getting Mitch Trubisky over blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to go through it all over again. But you, you have, whatever you think about his, his quarterback evaluation, you have to give him some fucking credit for how he's reloaded this defense. I mean, you look at some of the players that that fucking, you know, not even uh, Jerry Angelo and, and, and Phil Emery left him with. It, it, there was nothing here. They had to sign Jared Allen. That's how low on stock they were <laughs> on their own guys. Like the work that he's done for it, it's just they have guys playing it as twos and threes who could easily be ones on a lot of other teams. Like it, it's just you lose Roquan Smith, it just doesn't fucking matter. Nick and and the coaching staff did a great job of putting him in the position to succeed they understand he's going to be bad in coverage so they're just saying fuck it just go run it <laughs> just go rush at the passer stuff the run game we don't care just run north and south we know you're not very fast just do what you're going to do and it worked out pretty fucking well um the secondary play outside of outside of eddie jackson i feel like doesn't really get a whole lot of credit right now um maybe because they don't have as many interceptions as as people were hoping for but Man, Prince Amukamara and Kyle Fuller have just been rock solid right now. They took, they they I know Stefan Diggs kind of, you know, got got loose a couple times, but Adam Thielen is is by far and above the the biggest threat that they have on offense at least in the past game and and he was neutralized. Um I, I just love how the defense played uh, all all together. Um Yeah, I mean Kirk Cousins, he he probably wants to get out of the division more than anybody because I mean yeah. Khalil Mack. Listen, I, I made him. He was my MVP pick at the beginning of the season. Um, and I'm starting to feel pretty good about that. Yeah, right now. yeah, I mean, he's like it's like one of those players where, you know, you go on NFL.com, Right. And you go by the searchable stats and you look at sacks and you're like, oh, this guy's eight sacks. This guy has seven. Blah, and you're like, well, where's Khalil Mack? Oh, only four sacks so far in four games. Dude, it, it, he's just a guy you have to watch like all all game long because it's not just the number. I mean, he he's getting double team, triple team. It doesn't fucking matter. He's getting held all over the field. It doesn't matter. He just runs through everybody and brings down guys with their with his fucking fingertips because his fingertips are stronger than your fucking bicep. <laughs> yeah, like it, they it's,
0: are.
1: he's just an animal. I, I mean, he's we, we did our, you know, our top 10 Bears, you know, favorite Bears players of all time. And defensively, I, he was my number one. It's just because we haven't—we've never seen a guy like this before, Frank. Like it's—we haven't, no. He—he's just so fucking damn impressive, and I kind of want to get your take a little bit on the defense. I—I'll get to the offense a little bit later, but first, I kind of want to throw it back to you.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing I wanted to touch on, because you—I mean, you took everything that happened in that game and, and touched on it beautifully. Uh, great articulation. Oh, uh, oh. You're incredible. But <laughs> the one point I did want to touch on was. You know, people being a little bit down at, um, on the lack of interceptions or the number of interceptions or even turnovers in general. Um, but let's touch on interceptions, you know, specifically. We talked about this at one of these episodes. It wasn't too long ago, but the mark of a good cornerback isn't necessarily the amount of interceptions that he has, it's the amount that they actually throw his way. So if, with, you know, Darrell Reeves back in the day would have like two interceptions. If you look at the statue, you'd be like, what the hell is going on? And you look like they passed. You know, his way twice a game, if that. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. That stat alone is. Yeah. And that's really what we're seeing. Look at the the last three games. How vertical have these teams been getting? Like, it. it, And and when Washington (laughs) tried it, like, they just got. They were getting picked off all over the field. Like, you cannot go vertical on this team when they're clicking on all cylinders. Like, Aaron Rodgers, he had that one vertical throw. That's just. He's great. He's going to get that off. He's going to. You know, avoid three sacks. Go off his back foot, throw it across his body, and nail something. It's just gonna. When, have,
1: he's, when he's when he's rolling left, Bears fans have seen it all. You just and he's got that free time. You're just like, okay, yeah, he's about to complete like a 70-yard yeah, pass right now. Exactly.
0: It, it's For gonna me, It's dude. They this group is phenomenal, and we saw the '03 group. We saw the '06 group that made it to the Super Bowl in '07 this is the best these these last two years this is the best bears defense i've ever seen with my own two eyes like they are on pace and and it's we're a quarter through the season so take on pace for with the grain of salt at this point but they're on pace to to beat a lot of the 1985 bears records uh and that's even a quarter through the way that is fucking impressive like it's it's this group there is no weakness on that team the twos can be ones other places like the threes could be ones other places like it's it's they're fun to watch, man. I would certainly hope that this offense can get something together because you can't waste this defense. Yeah. You just can't. Like it, yeah. if, if we have another year where you know we lose early in the playoffs or, honestly, we just don't win a Super Bowl and it's because the offense was bad, something's got to give. I, and I don't mean a head has to roll, but something has to give. And I don't know what that something is just yet, but if I'm the offense – I have to look in the mirror, everyone on offense. I'm like, dude, we have to get somewhere near this defense's level because this is, I mean, I, I would feel like my ego would get in the way and be like, I don't want to continue to win because a different part of the team is, is
1: carrying constantly producing and, and yeah. we're not. And, and granted, I know, I know you're saying this with the, and I know you understand, you know, what happened with the quarterback switch. It's, it chase is yeah, just so limited compared
0: I'm speaking to what- generally when I say that.
1: See, here's the thing, Frank, and and this is where I'll get in get in with the offense. He, there's a great transition, you know, well spoken as well. You're just a beautiful a beautiful man uh, <laughs> altogether, um, you know. But but here's the thing, like, if 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 this is what Chase Daniel looks like, comfortable in this offense with years of studying it, think of how good Mitch Trubisky can look in this offense as well. I agree. Like it's, it's just, it's not, it's not one or the other. Like it just because Mitch may not be perfect for this system right now, you know, because he doesn't know all the fucking plays. Like we've, we've constantly heard how complicated this offense is. Yeah. And and I don't understand why so many people are just so willing to be like, Oh, well, fucking Mitch is terrible. Like I, I understand the quick success of Pat Mahomes. I understand the quick success of Deshaun Watson, Makes it a little bit harder to be patient. But people knew, everybody knew that Mitch Trubisky was more of the project quarterback. Now, granted, do you take a project quarterback with the second overall pick? Maybe not. But if you think about it this way, the Bears in, in 2018, what, they won 12 games and no one saw it coming. Everyone was like, dude, if they win six games, seven games, that's, that's fucking great. That's an improvement. Yeah. So if, if you're planning on and that and that's before the Khalil Mack trade happened. So if you think that's what your team is going to be, you're still you're still maybe rebuilding. You know, you're still in that rebuilding phase. Then take the project quarterback, give him a couple years to kind of figure it yeah. out. I think just what you said, the defense has been so good that it's put so much pressure on Mitch to be good right this second. Yeah, it, it's just it's it's not not. Every guy is going to be like that. You know what I mean? And we we talked about it so much. (laughs) But I I also think, though, people – and it's really
0: with everything in American society these days, but a spectrum just doesn't exist. Yeah. Just because he hasn't been Patrick Mahomes doesn't mean he's been bad the whole time. He's had stretches of good to even great plays, games. Like, if I had to give it on this spectrum, I would say he's been, since the beginning of last year, around above average – Which, when you take all things in consideration, one, he was a project quarterback coming out. Granted, he had the highest ceiling at that point is what people looked at him as. Um, But then you take into account where something that you touched on, Matt Nagy literally said in his opening press conference as the Bears head coach that this offense takes at least three years to master. We're, We're in the beginning, well, pretty much the middle of year two of this offense now, in which now he's missed three total games and no preseason reps in both seasons let's give it some time. Let's relax. Chase Daniel is not the answer. Um, are we good to move on to what we want to see in the Oakland game or did you want to touch on? I
1: wanna, yeah. I just want to touch on the run game a little bit and then and then okay. we'll definitely move on. Obviously this, you know, won't be, won't be a ton, but I do want to comment you know on some things that you said, because it, it, it seems like this, this run game is, is going to be obviously needed, um, uh, moving forward. If, if, you know, Mitch does miss a little bit more time than, than they're letting on. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you said about David Montgomery. I mean, we were kind of billed as as he was this, you know, game-changing back. They traded up to get him, um, you know, and he's not the only guy that they've traded up for that we've expected to be great, Anthony Miller. Um, yeah. You know, I just think for him, a lot of it is the offensive line, yes, but a lot of it too is, is he's he needs to learn, and he needs, to, and I'm sure he's starting to figure it out that yeah, he could break all those fucking tackles in college and, and, and you know, just run away and just keep run keep on running. But listen, NFL defenses aren't the big 12, all right? That's, that's where he's coming from. Yes, he still has that ability to break tackles, which is great. I think that'll serve him really well in the future, but he does need to start realizing, and I'm sure he will, that, okay, great, I broke a couple tackles, but I'm not going to get away like I used to because mm-hmm. the they're just faster. They're faster, they're stronger, they're bigger players. He's just going to need to start learning this game as well. And, you know, it's tough for me because we see much, so much success from rookie running backs right away that, again, it's kind of like the quarterback situation where, you know, we expect them to be ready to go. But on the flip side, look what rookie receivers are doing now. So it's kind of that weird change we're starting mm-hmm. to see. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's kind of it from the Vikings game. Uh, fuck Kirk Cousins. I, I, I'm never going to worry about this Vikings offense again, especially because they beat them so bad that Stephon Diggs is just, <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. I, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> get, get me the that's fuck it. out of here. Please. That's it. Come on, let's go. Yeah. He's just looking at. Come on, this this guy. This is the guy you're fucking paying all this money yeah. to.
0: Khalil Mack just looked at him in the face and was like, well, maybe your mother didn't go to heaven. And he's like, all right, that's it. That's it. I'm out. Vikings, let's go. Yeah. I I hope his mother isn't dead. That was a semi-pro joke. If anyone didn't get that, I, if like if his mother's dead, I hope she is in heaven if it exists. Um, but. I think I think we can move on to, and I, I honestly don't have too much. I mean, we're the superior team to the Oakland Raiders. Nothing about them scares me. Derek Carr has been up and down. He has had a couple of good games, but who are we scared of? I, Josh Jacobs is a good player. Tyrell Williams is a good play. Like Walling and, is a good player. Who are we scared of on and, this team, offensively or defensively?
1: And, and Tyrell Williams might be hurt. So, you know, he yeah. might he might not even play, to be honest with you. So, Hunter
0: Renfro, the fucking second-round pick who looks like an accountant.
1: Yeah, the, the the other white guy on the field. He's 22,
0: um, and he's, like, his hair is thinning.
1: Where is the Spider 2Y banana from this offense? Why, why haven't know. we seen it? I'm getting frustrated, Frank. I am, too. But, no. Here's I, the thing. This, you know how
0: fat people like to make fun of other fat people, and they can get away with it because they're fat? Now that I'm bald, I just make fun of every other bald person because I'm bald. Okay.
1: All right, let me let me ask you this question, and I'll give you my Raiders thoughts. Explain to me why Matt Nagy, who is also a bald person, why is he why does he rep a visor? What what does that accomplish? He's gonna get sunburned on top of his head.
0: Yeah, you know what I think it is. I think it's like, hey, I want a hat, but I'm also proud that like if I I looked. Well, no, do you? No, he is. But there were distinct plays like last year against the Eagles. The reason that um, Allen Robinson got open on those double moves is because as soon as he hit that hitch, he put his head down, and the sun shined like it was a shine that hit the defensive back, and he was lost. Oh, and so that's how str- we almost won that game. It's a strategic
1: yeah. element. I got
0: you. 100%. Got
1: you. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, give, it, I'll give him that. Um, <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? No, Um. you know, the the, the Raiders have some – I mean, listen, Cleland Farrell – He looks <laughs> – he looks bad. I mean, they draft, I mean, I, everyone from the draft last year, they draft him number four overall, and everybody's like, "What? What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. And it, it's. I mean, Khalil Mack has more sacks than their team since 2018. Like, there's nothing. I mean, I I think if it's it's kind of like it's kind of like what happened last year with the Giants and, and the Lions. Granted, they they did lose one of these games, but it's kind of like if this if Mitch was gonna miss any game. It's going to be this game that, that Chase Daniel can go out and win. Um, I I did like the game plan versus the Vikings. I think we may see something a little bit more similar. Um, I'm sure Nagy will kind of will change it to will tweak it a little bit just because, um, you know, Chase is, is, is calling the plays, uh, at least in terms of throwing. but. What I thought was interesting was that Nagy didn't really shift away from the obvious game plan he had with Mitch. It was almost like, okay, fuck it, it doesn't matter. Um, we're we're gonna beat the team this way because how many times that text you just saying run the fucking ball, yeah. take the game out of Chase Daniels' hands. And 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 granted, he didn't play that well. Like people were like talking about him, like he was, oh my god, it's the perfect fit. He's so much better. They put up sixteen points. Yeah, like and and three of those points, like you said were caused off a turnover on their fucking own twenty yard line and 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 they didn't move the ball at all. Yeah. Stop with this Chase Daniel nonsense. I'm I've I've had enough. Um, but yeah, they're just they're going to try and play mistake mistake free football. That's pretty much all they can do and just say turn it over to the defense. It's a Khalil Mack revenge game. He's already talked about it. He's going to have seven sacks in this game, Frank. I'm telling you right now.
0: I agree with you. Or he's going to get held like twenty times. Like one or the other. Or and, both. And,
1: yeah. Or both, maybe yeah. all combined. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I I expect. I guess we'll save it for for our picks in the next segment here. But um, I, think, I mean,
0: do I don't think anyone is picking the Oakland Raiders.
1: I may have a surprise for you. <laughs> oh
0: Jesus Christ! No, I
1: don't. Um, <laughs> but I yeah, want to explain think... a little bit more next. Um, Frank, we'll we'll take a quick break here. Uh, in the second, you know, second sec uh hour, second half hour. Second I don't half. know. Second half of the show. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, what some, some more general things in, in NFL week four that we saw, some of the games we liked, some of the games we didn't like. Uh, I got my ass kicked in the picks. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then, of course, we will give our picks for week five. It should be noted, um, Frank and I did text up to each other, so we yes. have proof of the Thursday night game. I took the Rams, he took the Seahawks, um, and fucking goddamn it, the Rams are just shitting on me right now i hate it <laughs> but we'll get to that next frank here on the second half of the corked up podcast uh here on two cents pods we will be right back hey guys welcome back into the corked up podcast here on two cents pods i am jack savio he is frank naris uh you can follow us on twitter at jack underscore savio five at Frankie G Lyrical, uh, you can follow the show Twitter at Corked Up Podcast, and of course our umbrella station at Two Suns Pods. Um, we're on you know a bunch of different things: Spotify, i iTunes, Apple iTunes. Yep. I don't know, Frank. YouTube, all the good shit. Um, you know, so d- plenty of ways to, to find our show. Um, we love the interaction we get with you guys; it's absolutely fantastic. Um, Frank, let's just get it right into it. NFL Week Four. Um, we'll kind of go through some of the games, maybe not all of them, but, um, some of the interesting ones, let's start with a game that mattered most earliest in the week. Uh, Eagles at green Bay. Um, I took the Eagles in that one. We, we talked about it a little bit. I, I, I thought that they were, they were going to be a very desperate team, um, kind of proved that way. And that some, uh, some cracks in the, in the vaunted green Bay Packers defense, uh, showed themselves. What were your thoughts on that game, Frankie?
0: Yeah. Um, you, you we both predicted the Eagles were going to win I think you had more logic than I, I I picked it because I felt like it was illogical and we've kind of seen that with Thursday night games um where at this point in the year I felt like Green Bay was the better team and that's why I picked against it because it's just Thursday night is just weird yeah um but my biggest takeaway and I actually have it here jotted in my notes if I'm Green Bay I'm a little bit worried about the defense And I said that before the game, I'm interested. I was interested to see what they would look like against a team who's actually going to attack them. They haven't. I mean, we saw what Minnesota does. We saw what the Bears have been doing early this year, being super conservative. The Eagles are never going to be conservative. They are going to attack, attack, attack. And just like you said, Green Bay has some holes. Now, if you were super high on Green Bay and going into that game, thought that they were a top five defense, I think you have something to be worried about. I think if you were more level-headed and thought, hey, this is an upgrade over what we've had in the past, you could probably think, hey, this is one game, let's continue to go. But I would be I would be a little bit worried particularly because this Green Bay offense still has not really looked good. They looked better against the Eagles, but I wouldn't say good just yet. like they still like something just looks off about them. And it could just be the lack of general talent. like outside of Aaron Jones, uh, and Devonte Adams, they like their skill position players aren't all that good. Cool. And obviously Aaron Rodgers, I just meant outside of the quarterback. Yeah. Um, they haven't looked all that talented. You know what I mean? It's it's they're kind of still searching. MVS has had a couple good catches. Geronimo Allison.
1: Yeah, he made a couple okay. fucking great yeah, catches in that game.
0: That he did. That he did. But like, there just seems to be no consistency on that offense right now. And if they can't find that consistency, and the defense is only average to even above average that's not a good recipe even if you make the playoffs you know what i mean so that was my takeaway from that game
1: yeah i i just i love carson wentz i just i've i've loved him pretty much since he's since he started like he just he's one of those guys who's just gonna he's gonna give it your chance a team or he's gonna give your team a chance to win every single game um yeah he'll make some mistakes but he's not afraid to make mistakes i think he's like the the Mitch Trubisky that we want to see. I think he can be yeah. that type of quarterback, um, and that's with some of the the you know we, you just mentioned the limited skill players that uh, that the Green Bay Packers have. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with the Eagles right now. They're just dealing with so many injuries in terms of their receiving core. Um, but I, there was just something kind of kind of funny about seeing um, you know Jordan Howard you know kind of kind of basket catch one in for for a touchdown and and Alshon Jeffrey kind of owning the Packers as well. It was kind of like the Eagle, the bears West or the bears East, excuse me, kind of, kind of taking it to the Packers. So that was kind of satisfying for as much shit as I give Alshon Jeffrey. Um, you know, I'll still root for him to beat the Packers every single time. Um, and yeah, you you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of the, the Packers offensive skill players. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if anything, I'm surprised that, that Jimmy Graham hasn't yet to make a, a big impact on this team. Um, You know, I know he's obviously not the player he was with the Saints. Uh, We saw that in Seattle, but I thought that was just more of a product of them just not really using him correctly. Um, I'm really surprised that he hasn't just become an elite weapon for this offense, especially Aaron Rodgers. It it seems like it's either Devontae Adams or nothing for this offense right now. And I I think that's a recipe for failure at some point. Um, You know, other than that, I thought one of the the more interesting games early on, uh, Kansas City at Detroit. Frank early in the season before we even got started when we were doing our division breakdown uh you know you were you were high on the on the lions much higher than a lot of people were and, and I remember people were giving me some shit about it yeah. as well. Listen, I I know they didn't win, but that was a hell of a game for the lions. What it were was. your thoughts on them?
0: I mean, they they it didn't I mean, granted going into it I did think they would lose by a couple of scores, but what I thought was going to happen was that the first two or three quarters, it would be close, and then Kansas City would just prove to be a little bit too much. They did what I thought they were going to do for two or three quarters, for four quarters. So, like, I wasn't necessarily all that surprised. I think, um, you know, I like what they have going on defense, and now that they're really airing it out on offense, they have the weapons to do so, which leads me to one of the things that I have jotted down in my in my points Kenny Galladay is a top ten wide receiver. It's not he might be. It's not he. He is He's a top ten. Res- that dude can fucking play.
1: Yeah.
0: He is phenomenal. His route tree is great. His hands are awesome. I mean, there I, at this point, there's there isn't anything he you know he can't do as a receiver. So he looks really really good. Um, I also think on the flip side of that, if you're a Chiefs fan, I think it's refreshing to see your team win in a different fashion. Like yeah, this was a scary yeah. game for them. You know what I mean? And they haven't really shown that they can win those games. Not that they can't. It just, they haven't been in that many if any at all the last couple of years. So if me, if it's me, I'm like, Hey, you know, we, uh we had to kind of cup our balls and, and get a win and, and they looked awesome. And they did it with Pat Mahomes, not throwing a touchdown. Like that's incredible. They yeah. look, they looked very well rounded, at least on offense defensively, they still have holes there, but I mean, that was a great game.
1: Yeah, if if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm very happy with that win. Granted, you would have liked to. I'm sure they would have been happier if they blow them out. But all in all, I mean, just being able to see your team be resilient and it's it's not. Oh well, we have to win by you know, three, two or three touchdowns or else we can't win at all. Even when Pat Mahomes is having a, a you know, a mortal day, he's, they still win. Like it's, yep. it's, it's, it's pretty damn impressive, especially on the road. And I think this Lions team is going to be a little bit more interesting than I, I think a lot of people besides you obviously have given them credit for, <laughs> Um, you know, Cleveland at Baltimore, the Browns, man. I, I think, I think they may have figured some things out. Um, you know, I I think maybe the hype on on Lamar Jackson and that offense has kind of taken a step back a little bit since losing in Kansas City. Um, you know, maybe that defense isn't as great as we thought it was. Um, what were your thoughts on Cleveland's Cleveland's afternoon against Baltimore?
0: They looked good and it's been par for the course for my expectations that they would be up and down in the first half. Just like you said, not even just this game, each week they seem to be figuring out things little by little. Um, and this was what that, remember I said, when it's, when they put it all together, they're going to have a game where they just explode, especially offensively. This wasn't necessarily that just yet, but it's coming. Um, and I think they're very, very close to showing the the actual team that they are and that they will be for this year. Um, I I like the way they looked. My my only takeaway from, um, from the Baltimore Ravens is that their defense is bad. Like they're, they're not a good defense right now and, and they need to figure things out because, Lamar Jackson, for as good as the first couple of games as he had, we knew he wasn't that good. You know what I mean? He yeah, was playing right. inferior teams, and he did what he had to do. Right. The defense didn't have to step up if they want to win some games.
1: Well, and and it's this this division is very winnable right now with mm-hmm. with the way that the Steelers have kind of been eliminated essentially without Ben Roethlisberger. This might be their one of their best chance to win a division. Um, but I think the Browns are going to make it a little more difficult. Um, yeah, they look to be getting back on track. I'm still waiting for that Baker Mayfield game to where he kind of just breaks out and, mm-hmm. you know, has one of those games we saw last year. But if Nick Chubb keeps <laughs> keeps playing like that, they're, they're going to be just fine. Um, you know, Oakland at Indianapolis, I, I, I don't really I, uh. I know it surprised some people that, that Oakland won that game. Um, for me, it's just the Colts were just so banged up right now, and, and it's it's kind of the same thing heading heading into this next game, and we'll get to that a little bit later on um, um, in the in this in the second half here. We, we when we do our game picks, um.
0: I have a, I have a question for you. Well, well yeah. an interesting storyline that's developing, and no one seems to really be talking about Gardner Minshew can play football. This dude mm-hmm. is is solid. Uh, yeah, he just passes the eye test. His numbers aren't always all that great, but he can play. And I think whether or not he's a starter, he's earned himself a ten-year career already, e- even as a backup for the rest of his career if that is what happens. But let's say this kind of continues on until it's time for Nick Foles to come back. And maybe they're let's let's just for the sake of the question, because if they're like two and six, you probably just let Foles, you know, you gave him all that money, get him in there. Let's say they're four and four, they're five and four, they're in playoff contention. Do you give Nick Foles the starting job back?
1: Right. Yeah, no, I was actually thinking of that a little bit uh, when I was driving earlier today. Um, I was actually thinking about the quarterback situation, kind of like because I I was listening to some college football talk and they were talking about this is kind of like the golden age of college quarterbacks right now. And a lot of it is because of the transfer portal stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. some of the transfer rules. A lot of the quarterbacks having success right now didn't originally play, play with those teams. If it wasn't for the transfer rules, you know Gardner Minshew would have been the third quarterback in Alabama behind mm-hmm. Jalen Hurd. Uh, Jalen Hurts, excuse Hurts, Hurd. Which one is it? I know there's Pels. another Jalen Hurd. Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah. Isn't oh, it Hurts? Yeah. Not crazy. Uh, and then Tua to, uh, Tonga-Valoa. Did I get that right? I sounded right. Whatever. Sounded great. Right. I have no he would fucking clue. behind them. Name. He wouldn't have played at Washington State, and nobody would have known who the fuck he was. Yeah. Um, you know, right now he, he's proving that he is at least an NFL player, maybe not a starter. But I mean, yeah, if, if the team is rolling and 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 he's, you know, guys have kind of bought into his offense. I don't see how you give Nick Foles the job. Back. It's almost like the Alex Smith situation. Now, granted, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They do some really fucking stupid shit. Like, I don't know, signing Nick Foles when you have Gardner Minshew already, maybe not realizing what you have. Um you know, it's just that kind of stupid shit that, that bad franchises do. What what are some options you have, though? You know, I, I mean, you can't really you're not going to be able to trade Nick Foles with that contract. And are you really going to trade Gardner? I mean, you could see what you could get for him. But I, I don't know. What would you do, Frank? If
0: I'm being honest with you, man, we've seen what Nick Foles is outside of Philadelphia. And he's just not that good of a quarterback. I'm letting Minshew Riding, I'm I'm riding the Minshew train until the wheels fall off, and I think come until the, the off and
1: until they get to the playoffs, and then you're throwing Nick Foles in there to get you a Super Bowl win, right?
0: Absolutely, um, but no, and all in all honesty, I don't know what his contract shakes out after this year. I would be looking to get rid of Foles after the season already, just because I feel like you have someone who you can continue to build around in Gardner Minshew. And maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but I'm also in the hypothetical thinking that by the time Foles is back, they're still in playoff contention. And at that point, I don't know if they thought that was going to be the case, even with Nick, like if the Minshew mania didn't exist, if Nick Foles was here, I don't think they were going to be that good this year. That signing felt like, Hey, let's let these young receivers develop and maybe we can compete in a year or two. Um, So yeah, I think I would roll with Minshew. Um, a couple of other things I wanted your take on, um, and they're not necessarily questions. They're just my takes, uh, one, I think the bills are the second best defense in the NFL behind the bears. Um, I mean, they looked phenomenal. It's, it's Brady. That was the worst game. And it, it actually wound up being statistically as well, but just from the eye test, he looked
1: he looked 42,
0: (laughs) he looked, he looked every bit of 42, but it wasn't like it wasn't because he was just missing throws with clean pockets. It was because when it was time for him to make something happen, that defense just out executed him. Like yeah. it looked like he was a half. Do you know what I mean? Like a half step
1: behind them. Listen, if if Josh Allen stays in that game, I, I'm I, I'm confident my pick would have been right. I, I think I, he started. No man, he looked he looked bad. And he started off really poorly, but I think towards the end of the, he's more of a guy who kind of as the game goes on, I think he plays a little bit better. That's um, fair. He listen. If there's a guy you want to play, you want to make play quarterback. If you're a defense, it's Josh Allen. Because if yeah. he has to play quarterback, you're you're in pretty good standing. Um, I just think he obviously gives them a little better of an option than fucking Matt Barkley. That's true. Um, I, I agree. This this Buffalo team is is really impressive, at least defensively, and it's almost kind of the same. They're almost identical to the Bears, where it's just like you don't want to waste the season that the defense is having, but it seems like that's kind of always where the bills are. It's just, they have these great defenses, but the offense just can't match up to it. Yeah. Um, Sean McDermott is a hell of a coach. Let's just say that he is. Um, But yeah, this, this is, it's just one of those things where it's kind of like what we were talking about with the chiefs, where it's like, even if your quarterback is having a bad day, you you know, your team can still pull out a victory and it, it shouldn't come as a surprise that the Patriots won. Um, but I, I feel like my pick was 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 warranted. And, you know, after I made it, I, obviously, I get I get a few hecklers coming my way. And just, oh, it's just because you hate the Patriots. Yeah. So fucking what? What if it is? Look, I was almost <laughs> right. All right.
0: <laughs> you were you were. But I think on the flip side of that, I think the reason New England won the game is because they have the third best defense in the NFL. I don't Frank, think I'm going on a limb. They look legit this year.
1: Frank, let me ask you this. Two questions in, in this game, um, in the game I want to talk about next. Um, not too much more from this week. There's there's maybe one last thing I want to talk about after this. Um, I guess three three total points. I'm gonna start my first one now. What do the we, we talked about what what the Jaguars do with Nick Foles? What do the Panthers do with Cam Newton? Because Kyle Allen looks like he can play a little bit. I mean he he, he has this team rolling and and Cam Newton is just fucking. He's beat up right now, so I mean, yeah. Is, is Kyle Allen, from what you've seen so far? I mean, he, beating the Houston Texans in Houston with, against a pretty solid defense, I, and it's pretty impressive, especially because considering really no one gave him a chance to win that game. What, what are your thoughts on Kyle Allen so far?
0: Kyle Allen is another guy who who has passed the eye test. He he looks phenomenal. He's getting their playmakers the ball when they're in the position to make a play. For me, I'm even more. I'm, I'm leaning towards not giving the starter back his job in this scenario because we've seen even more evidence that Cam Newton is no longer really that good of a quarterback. You know, he's been banged up the last few years. It's one injury after another, and his body's just breaking down. If I'm the Panthers, I'm 100% sticking with Kyle Allen here. I think um, I think he's looked good. He's got that offense going. Um and one of my points that I had here jotted down, I mean, they're also in the position to alleviate uh, things a- a- away from really any quarterback. But Kyle Allen, Allen is the guy right now because Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the league. He is phenomenal. Uh, yeah. He he has looked good. Um, DJ Moore has looked good. Curtis Samuels looked good. Greg Olson's looked good. Like This looks like a good offense now that the X factor that have made them bad is gone. You know, the guy Kyle Allen is hitting the throws when, when they're there in which Cam Newton just was not the season. So I would 100 percent stick with Kyle Allen if and this you, continues to go on.
1: And what do you do with Cam Newton? Do you think there's any any team that would be willing to trade for him just to kind of get them back on track here a little bit?
0: Um, man, that's a good question. I, I, I wouldn't
1: doubt there it. There aren't there aren't a lot of quarterback needy teams right now. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just. Yeah. Uh, they, a lot of teams have a lot of young guys kind of playing a little bit right now. Um, you know, obviously, I, I think the Bengals believe in Ryan Finley, so I don't think they're really going out of right, their way to get right. Cam Newton. I think one team that maybe could be interesting and, and maybe not because, you know, Mason Rudolph has played pretty well, maybe the Steelers would would maybe take him yeah. just to see what they have. I, obviously, this is all speculation. I have no idea what they'd get for Cam Newton or right. any team would really even be willing to, to take him on right now with just how injured he's looked. Um, On the flip side, Frank, this is kind of the second point from this game, and it kind of goes back to a little bit of Kansas City as well. Deshaun Watson did not have a great game against Mm. the the Carolina Panthers. Neither did Pat Mahomes against the Detroit Lions. I, I just think it's a little strange that so many people are so willing to kind of let those bad games slide for them. But if Mitch Trubisky had played anything close to that, you know he's getting crucified. Just from every corner of of the NFL fandom, I'm just yeah. curious a little bit on what your thoughts are on some of the poor play from the from the younger QBs this week.
0: Um, I mean, it's gonna happen. I, my my take, even when it is just about Mitch Trubisky, is that bad games are gonna happen, and I I, I know that it's magnified because it's only a 17 week season, a 16 game season, but it's like they're gonna make mistakes like that, and that's exactly why I preach like when Mitch misses two or three, four throws that game let it go. Pat Mahomes misses a handful of throws every single game cuz he's throwing the ball 40 yards in the air every time. You're not going to connect every time you throw the ball. But that fan base is just like, "Oh, cool, he missed the throw." You know what I mean? Like granted he's having success numbers-wise, as a team we've had the same amount of success the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. you know it's it's I just feel like those fan bases and those reporters are a little bit more level-headed and it may just be because they've had good quarterback play. Where we haven't and we're yearning for it so much as a fan base, as, you know, uh, as a sports media. And it's like we magnify it even more than it's already magnified because we're just searching for this great quarterback that we have haven't really had in any of our lifetimes. You know what is, I mean?
1: Is it is it sad to think? That the Texans have a better quarterback history of their team when their best quarterback has been Matt Schaub than the Bears have had there. Yes, it's very sad. <laughs> that's that's just really pathetic. Um, the last thing I want to talk about Week Four really. Um, one of the biggest games that happened. Um, Dallas at New Orleans. Um, simply because, I mean, I, I took New Orleans to win this game. I'm sure a lot of people took Dallas, but. I think we saw Dallas exposed a little bit here. Um, yeah. you know, that, that they, they finally played, you know, an NFL defense, um, and one that's, that's very, very good. You, you, you talked him up last week as well. Um, and I mean, Dallas was kind of just shut down and it kind of made you think like, okay, maybe Dak Prescott isn't an MVP candidate. Uh, maybe Amari Cooper isn't one of the best receivers in football. Um, you know, and, and you obviously see Zeke still trying to, to get, to get back. He's not a hundred percent ready to go. Um, what were your thoughts on that game, and maybe specifically just Dallas?
0: I wasn't super shocked by it. I, I it, You know, Dallas had played some of the worst defenses in the league the first three weeks. And granted, you, you don't pick who you play. You, yeah, you're going to do what he, you do. Beat. You beat who you beat, exactly. But anyone who was jumping off the ledge to call them a top-five offense and call Dak Prescott a top-five quarterback, like – this was the game you needed them to look like that again or something similar to that, and they just weren't. They looked like the same old Cowboys from last year, which was a, a average to above-average offense with a really good defense that's going to keep you in games. And I, I think this is still a playoff team. But I think if if the context is, if your scope of them is that this is a top-five offense, they completely failed by flying colors. But if this is a, hey, we can win our division, we can make a playoff run, I don't think you're worried that much. I think it's just the perception of what you have of them as a team. For me, I wasn't too worried about it, especially because, like you said, Zeke doesn't even have all his bearings just yet. A full... what do you say a full health he's he's healthy a full a fully in tune yeah Ezekiel Elliott adds just another dimension to this team so they're still not firing on all yeah Unrusted. they're not firing (laughs) on all cylinders which is not an excuse he decided to hold out that's on him he was eating whatever he was eating in Cabo and got him a little chubby but um you know it's I mean they look like the same team as last year which is a playoff team that can make some noise I think
1: yeah, I, I don't think you learned anything new. I don't think you learned anything but bad about them.
0: You um, did learn something new if you thought they were a top five offense. You, I, you know what I'm saying? That, that's kind of my point. It's like it just depends on what you thought about them already.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, other than that, you know, week week four uh, played out. I, I mean, last, you know, I'm never picking the Falcons to win a game again. Let's just, just put bad. it that uh, yeah. Let's jump into NFL week five. Um, you know, we already had the Thursday night football game. Spoilers behind the curtain uh, right here. Um, I took uh, I took the Rams and Frank took the the Seahawks. Yep. Uh, the Rams just fucking they had a chance to win the fucking game. Um, <laughs> just whatever. Um, let's go game by game. Um, maybe just a couple reasons why each team we think are gonna win. Um, yeah. Jacksonville at Carolina. It's kind of funny that we were talking about both of yeah. these young quarterbacks and they're kind of head to head here. Um. Frank, I'm going to go with Jacksonville on this one. Um, and then obviously we'll kind of alternate on who goes first for some of these. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Jacksonville, um, over Carolina. Um, I just like what Gardner Minshew is doing, maybe not statistic wise, but he just, he just seems to be bringing this team to life a little bit here. Um, and he just like some of these improbable wins that he's getting, I, I know it's, you know, it's last week was at Denver and Denver hasn't proven to be, a, you know, the best team in the NFL, but, um, I just like what he's provided for this offense, a nice little spark. And I don't I think these teams are a lot more similar maybe other than skill position. I think the Panthers have a little bit better skill position players, but maybe not as much as people think.
0: Yeah. I have um I have the Panthers. Just like you said, they're very similar teams. Panthers are at home, so I'm giving them that edge. I also think is as, as impressed as I have been with Gardner Minshew. There's been a little bit of luck involved with you know, some of these games. And I think that's eventually going to run out and I can't see him just yet for four quarters out executing a a, a good defense in Carolina. I think it's a close Carolina win um, in which, and I just don't think we're going to see another game that like Leonard Fournette had again. I I mean, he, he was a huge reason why they, they came back and beat Denver last week. And I just don't see that happen. I think the the Panthers win in a one score game.
1: Yeah, well, uh on New England's tour to uh, not play anyone impressive, uh, they're gonna be playing Washington this week. Frank, I'm taking the Patriots. I'm assuming uh you are as well. Yeah, you know not, what? Hold on, we can move on. <laughs> hold, on <laughs> hold on. I don't wanna move on for a second. I, I wanna oh, stay Jesus. For, for for one second here. Why the fuck is Colt is Colt McCoy starting this game? Like, I, I understand it's the Patriots. I understand, you know, Bill Belichick has has the has the uh, the experience of you know the, and the track record of beating down young quarterbacks, um, but my God, what what you're not going anywhere. You're, yeah, sucks. What, why not get the kids some fucking time to play? I, I know there are some reports that that have come out pretty recently that Jay Gruden never even wanted Dwayne Haskins. I'm sure you probably saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of just lends itself to that story where it's like, well, what the why why did the front office decide to keep their head coach, but also draft him a quarterback that he's never going to play. Like yeah. what, what the fuck is going on here? What, what are you, what's your take on? Um,
0: that? Um, I'm usually on the side of bad teams getting their young players as many reps as possible, especially from the quarterback position. But those weren't good reps that he had last week. He, he doesn't, he's not comfortable in this offense yet. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to really know the playbook, which isn't a knock. It's just, he's young. He was kind of, um, you know he was looked at as a, as ironic as it was, he was looked at as a as a developmental guy, even though he had a monster year in college the year before. Um, But he, I, I, I like the move. I, I actually do. I, I would rather him because he doesn't seem to know the offense just yet. He hasn't had many first team reps in practice. I think it would be detrimental to put him in, especially against a stout New England defense. Cause I think at that point you're, you're only messing with his confidence. I, I would, I would wait a few more weeks to hand him the keys to start getting reps. I, I just, well, he's, I don't think he's ready just yet.
1: You, you make some good points, but, but on the flip side, and I, I want to ask you this, isn't it more than just playing the game? Is, isn't development, isn't the development aspect just more than playing it? Isn't it more about a week of preparation as the start, yeah. a week of getting those first, those, those first uh, team reps, kind of getting a feel for what it feels like to be a starter and kind of continuing on that way. I, I, I just can't, I I get what you're saying and I I know I kind of caught myself a little bit realizing, Oh fuck, it's the Patriots and Bill Belichick just eats young quarterbacks alive. But, but does it, does it really fucking matter? I mean, Colt McCoy is going to get his ass kicked too by the Patriots. Like, I I don't know. I, I get what you're saying and it makes sense. But at this point, I mean, this this franchise is just in such a weird position right now. Um, I'm glad I'm not a fan of their team. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, then we got Buffalo at Tennessee. Um, I, I Frank, I'm taking Tennessee in this one, um, just because I, I know I said I'd never take a Tennessee the Tennessee team again. Um, but Buffalo, I think you know if it, we we don't really know how healthy um, Josh Allen is. He it sounds like he may not play. If, if that's the case, then it's Matt Barkley. I'm going with the with the Tennessee Titans to win at home.
0: I'm going with the Bills. I'm not even though the Titans proved me wrong last week. I'm not falling for it. They do that two or three <laughs> times a year, and I just and I just think the Bills defense is legit. And I think yeah. even if Matt Barkley can just play safe, not turn the ball over, manage the game, I think that puts them in a great position to win. I think the Bills are going to beat the Titans on the road.
1: Okay, uh, then we got Bill Bill, Bill Timor. Baltimore. Like, is the Bills fuck. are so fucking good. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Uh, Frank, I'm taking Baltimore in this one to kind of get back on track here. I think I think Mason Rudolph has played well. I just don't think he's going to play well enough to beat the Baltimore Ravens.
0: I have the Steelers at home. Uh, my Ooh. MVP pick, Mason Rudolph, uh, will prevail. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, no, to, to, to be honest with you, I I have them. I did pick the Steelers. The Ravens defense isn't good, particularly when play when um, teams have gotten vertical. And you want to talk about vertical threats. Deontay Johnson, James Washington, and Juju Smith-Schuster, they may not be much east to west, but goddamn, when they get ahead of steam, they are fast and they get separation. If
1: they could fucking get the ball in James Washington's hands, that that would be great. I agree. He gets so much.
0: I would love to see the separation stats on him. He is like four yards ahead of everyone, and everyone just misses him. Um, I'm just not sold on Baltimore's defense anymore. Like, as ironic as it is, over the last few weeks, I've gone to, like, having a lot of faith in their defense and little faith in their offense. Lamar Jackson's kind of flipped this team on its head. Like, I have all the faith in their offense now and no yeah. faith in their defense. And, and yeah. I think and, it, it's going to be an entertaining game, but I think the Steelers pull it out.
1: And, and Mark Ingram has been an absolute great signing for this Ravens team so yep. far. Um, then we got Arizona at Cincinnati. <laughs> Frank, there's one game I won't be watching this week. It'll be Jesus. this day. Yeah, um, I am going with the I'm actually going to go with the Bengals this week at home. It's pretty much a, a, a pick em at this point. Um, I'm going to go with the team at home. I know this offense looked brutally bad against Pittsburgh last week, um, but I, I still like Andy Dalton in the sense that I think he's just he's competent enough um, to maybe steal a game or two. And I still think, you know, some of the, the, the their skill position players are pretty good. Tyler Boyd is a good player. Uh, Tyler Eifert's a good player. Um, Joe Mixon, even though I think he's an absolute scumbag, is, you know, a, a pretty decent player as well. Um, and I just I, I don't like coaching matters the most in the NFL. You, you, there's no sport that comes anywhere close to, to coaching mattering more. And and I just don't I just don't like the Arizona coaching staff right now. I just don't really think they're up to the challenge. Um, we thought their defense could be kind of good that that's been proven to be untrue. Um, I, I just think the Bengals are going to win this one at home.
0: Yeah. I have no more to say than that. I have the
1: Bengals as well. I think Kyler could have a big game. This, this could be one of those games he, he plays pretty well, but there's still, the, 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 Bengals still have some good pieces here and there. Great. Um, moving on, uh, Atlanta at Houston. Uh, I'm taking Houston in this one. I am never taking the Falcons again. Um, <laughs> you know, fuck them. They blew a 28 to three lead in the super bowl. Uh, <laughs> Every week I got when they're on a bye week, I'm gonna get that in there too, Frank. Don't worry. Yeah, uh, and their
0: secondary is really, really bad. I think. Yeah, this should be a huge game
1: for that air attack.
0: I was just gonna say, any Houston Texan that you have on fantasy, guys, I, I think this is gonna be a safe game to start them.
1: I agree. Um, I, I'm assuming you're taking Houston too, Frank. Yes. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans, Frank. Who are you taking?
0: Uh, I got the Saints. The Bucks have have played well. Bruce Arians is just a fucking hell of a coach. Let's just go ahead and say that. Just like you said, coaching is everything, and he has Jameis Winston back to looking like a starting quarterback, which is phenomenal after the last couple of years that
1: he's ha- had. But and he's also figured out how to use Ronald Jones.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude.
1: He Ronald Jones has looked really, really good this year. Oh, and, and by the way, Frank, uh, kind of what we talked a little bit about last week. Um, you know, Mike Evans is 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 a pretty good player, right? Jesus.
0: And he's a top five receiver. I, 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 I mean, but, but Chris Godwin is probably a top 20
1: receiver at this one. They have a good Listen, tandem. They, they do. They, they're one of those teams who's going to be a little more pestering than I think we, we thought they they agreed.
0: Were. Agreed. No, but uh, that being said, I do have the saints. I think um, the bucks haven't really played a defense like this just yet. And I think the saints do have a top 10 defense as it stands right now. Um, and Kamara is just going to do Kamara things, I think. The Buccaneers have an improved defense from last year. They're not a good defense. Um, Teddy, as long as he can, can, you know, not turn the ball over and the Saints defense does what they do, I, I like the Saints' chances here, especially at home.
1: Yeah, I'm going with New Orleans, um, or as, as it apparently was on Sunday Night Football, uh, Ohio State South. Um, I don't know if you listened to those intros, but it was like every other guy, oh, the Ohio State. Yeah, like it, it's just absolutely fucking insane how many Ohio State players they have. But yeah, I, I just like the the, the Saints um, overall as a team, and, and they have a good coach as well. Um, Sean Payton's proven himself time and time again. Yeah, um, he's so the yeah, original I'm, Sean McVay. Yeah, uh, seriously, though. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I like him a lot, um, the, the Saints, to win this game. But I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay pulls this one out of their asses to be. Complete.
0: I wouldn't either. I'm picking the Saints, but it wouldn't shock me if the Bucks
1: won. I just, I just, I just always like the Saints at home. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is at this point. Um, then we got uh the 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 Vikings at the Giants. Frank, who are you taking in this one?
0: I think Danny Dimes is uh is gonna get them another win. I, I just Ooh. am not high on the Vikings at all Ooh. right now. Okay. Um, Saquon's a machine. He is out this Sunday, but he's going to be back after that Like to recover that quick. He's a fucking animal. Um, But I think we're going to have to start having the conversation of, are the Giants playoff contenders if they win this game? I mean, because they have the offensive weapons. Granted, obviously they don't have Beckham anymore, but Golden Tate's back. Sterling Shepard looks good. Evan Ingram may be the best tight end in the league by the end of the year. That's how we may view him. Obviously Saquon is Saquon. He won't be playing, but Gallman looked good as a replacement. If they win this game, I don't think you're looking at a rebuilding team anymore. I think you're looking someone by the trade deadline that's looking to fill a void. You know what I mean? To make that playoff push.
1: It's so funny to think how quick people's opinions on on Daniel Jones has changed. I mean, remember he got drafted six overall, and everybody's like, "What the fuck are they doing?" Yeah, well, they obviously do something. He's proved
0: he's proven me wrong thus far. I have no issues with saying that.
1: Yeah. Even with that being said, I'm going Vikings in this one. Um, you know, it's a low stakes game. So, you know, Kirk Cousins is going to throw for at least 400 yards, 17 <laughs> touchdowns. Um, no, I, I think I just don't think the Giants defense is going to be able to contain Dalvin Cook the way that the Bears uh, defense was. Um, and, and I think I think the Vikings defense is still pretty good. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to say they, they shut down Chase Daniel because that's not really saying a whole lot. Um, but I still like what they can do. I I think they're going to, I think Mike Zimmer is going to confuse, uh, Daniel Jones a little bit and, uh, Harrison Smith, I think is going to bait him into a couple interceptions. So I'm going to go with the Vikings on the road. Um, Frank, we'll save bears Oakland till the end, as we typically do. Um, jets at Philadelphia, Sam Darnold has been ruled out for this week. He was just, that was announced today. Um, Frank, who you got in this one?
0: I, I, mean, I mean, Darnold's out. That's really all the chance they have at beating anyone. I think the Eagles are going to win pretty easily.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. Uh, they're at home. I, I just still think this is, they're, they're going to get right back on track and, and be, you know, right, right where they think they should be. Um, Denver at LA chargers, uh, Frank Bradley Chubb towards ACL in the last game. I know uh, it's Jacksonville, know. uh, Von Miller finally got his first sack of the season, which is just hard to say, or it's hard to believe that we're saying that, um, Frank, I'm taking the Chargers in this one, but I, honestly, I don't even feel good about that. It took them a while to kind of get going against the fucking Dolphins. Um, I'm assuming you're taking the Chargers as well.
0: No, upset pick of the week. I, I think the Ooh. Broncos take this one. The Chargers just have looked off all year. Yeah. Um, Keenan Allen has looked phenomenal. Let's go ahead and say that. And so has Eckler. But something just still feels very off about them. Their defense has been kind of middling. Their offense a little above middling. Um. I think this is going to be one of those games where Flacco just goes nuts for no rhyme or reason. Like he's just going to have a really good game. The defense actually plays all four quarters and they get a sneaky win. I think they get the first win this week.
1: Do you think Melvin Gordon provides enough to to uh, to help out this team?
0: Um, to help, yes, but I, he's going to look a lot like Zeke has. I think um, okay. he'll get some goal line. He may even get a touchdown or two, just you know, on, on some goal line looks, but. I think the the split is gonna be probably 80 twenty Eckler and Melvin I' they're, they're gonna slowly work his way back I think
1: okay uh, then we got a, a pretty important game at least for the division uh Green Bay at Dallas um, or I should say the conference and division as well um Frank who you got in this one
0: I got Green Bay um I just I think coming off that loss the Cowboys are are, are They are going to try and do a little bit too much, I think. And for, you know, as as much as people may want to trash Green Bay's defense, uh, they don't look very different to me than New Orleans. I think New Orleans has a better defense, but they're similarly built. Their speed, they have speed on the edges. Their secondary is very good. I don't think Dak has a good game. I think he has another bad game. And I uh, I, I think Green Bay wins in probably like a 21 to 18 type of game.
1: I'm going Dallas at home. Uh, if this was in Green Bay, I'd, I'd, I'd probably go with the Packers. I think this is kind of a, a pick 'em game at this point. Anyways, um, I, I do like. Obviously, I know they have the the upgrade at quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is is playing pretty well right now. Um, but I think Dallas may have may. I, I think the Eagles beating the Packers, um, you know, may have given them kind of a, a, a blueprint to beating this team. And I think. Uh, I, I don't think that the Eagles and the Cowboys are too different, to be honest with you, um, in terms of their of, of how they're playing right now. Um, obviously, I like Wentz more than I like Prescott at this point. Right. Um, but I, I think this could be a game where where uh, where Zeke gets going a little bit and uh, he he breaks off a couple big plays. Um, and I think turnovers will really determine this one. Um, then I will we got say a, this.
0: My pick is also assuming Devontae Adams plays. I think if he doesn't play, I I, I have it still because we're in the pick 'em. Yeah, but I'm gonna switch it if he's ruled out in the pick'em. So on the podcast, no one will actually hear that. But that's I'm assuming <laughs> yeah. Devonte is gonna play.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. If if Devontae plays, Frank is taking the Packers. Yeah. Um. Then we got a Sunday night game, which I'm sure uh the uh, the schedule makers had a different idea in mind for this game um when it was originally announced. Uh, Indianapolis at Kansas City. Uh, Frank, with a heavy heart, I, I'm taking Kansas City. I mean, the Colts just have too many guys out. They have yeah. Darius Leonard isn't playing. Malik Hooker isn't playing. Uh, Clayton Gathers isn't playing. Uh, they're missing a couple pieces on uh, T.Y. Hilton, Paris, Paris Campbell. Campbell. It's just Marlon it's Mack just, may not play. Marlon Mack may be out. It's just getting to the point where it's just like, Jesus Christ, I mean, what, what the fuck are they supposed to do at this point? Um, and obviously, I, I'm sure the schedule makers probably would have liked to relive that 2014 playoff game a little bit uh, with Andrew Luck playing against the Chiefs. Uh, Frank, I'm, I'm guessing you're going Chiefs as well?
0: I'm going Chiefs, but I have one piece of advice for every fantasy owner across the world. Here it is, baby.
1: Here it is, baby. Give it to him, Frankie. Hit him with this knowledge.
0: The man, the myth, the fucking legend, Cain and Abel himself. You, if you don't have Deion Cain on your team, you pick him up off that waiver wire. And what do you do? Oh, I have Odell Beckham and Mike Evans. You bench one of them, and you put in Deion Cain because he's going for 150 yards, two touchdowns at least against this Chiefs secondary. Lock
1: it in. Jesus Christ, Frankie, You might you might convince me to take the Colts in this game if you keep talking. No, like. no, no, no.
0: They're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Chiefs, but I think Deion Cain's going to have a pretty big game.
1: All right, I, I'll, I'll take it to the bank, Frankie. Um, then the Monday night game, again, kind of a – why the fuck are the Browns already on Monday night again? Like, we got Browns yeah, yeah, at yeah. San Francisco. I, I mean, originally, when you're, when you're creating this game – Frank, it's something you asked last week, too, with Dallas at New Orleans – why? Why is this a Colts Chiefs game not a Monday night? Like, oh, like what? What is it about Monday night that that the schedule makers are just like, fuck you, we're giving the big games to NBC. We don't give a shit what you have to say, ESPN. <laughs> fuck you. We'll give you the Browns again, um, Frank. With that being said, I'm going San Francisco uh, in this one. Um, I, I guess you kind of have to pick them until they they prove you wrong, right?
0: Yeah, I'm um I'm going with the Browns. I'm still not bought in with the 49ers. They just still look. I mean. They're winning games, which is always a positive thing, but the eye test just tells me they're still not that good. They just look so average to me still. Um, and I think I think we're going to start to see the Browns really turn that dial. And I, I'm, I'm expecting Jarvis Landry looks like he's out. I'm expecting a big game from Odell Beckham. This, Brown, our, this Niners defense is not as turned around as people think it is. The Niners do not have a good defense. They were the last defense or the worst defense last year. I think they're closer to that than they are to
1: top 10 as people are billing them at this point in the year. One of the key moments in this game, I I think, will be, um, you know, how how, uh, this this Browns offensive line plays, because the Browns offensive line, you know, a lot of people looked at the skill positions. They looked at Nick Chubb. They looked at Baker Mayfield. They looked at Odell Beckham. They looked at Landry or Jarvis Landry. And, and they kind of just were like, damn, this offense is great. And then you kind of like oh, hold on now. Look at the fucking offensive line. Of course, Joe Thomas decides to to go away when they finally find themselves a quarterback. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. You have to assume that the San Francisco uh, defense that has invested a ton of first round picks into this defensive line gets something going against this, this uh, Browns offensive line. So that, that's what I'll be looking for. Um, you know, real quick before we get to, to the Bears Raiders, if you're asking yourself, Frank just gave me a huge, you know, he, he broke down the Lions so well, you know, wh- who are they playing this week? Can I pick them this week? Frank sold me on the Lions. Uh, you can't because they're on a bye week with the Dolphins. <laughs> um, I'm sure, the, you know, Miami fans are probably a little relieved themselves that they don't have to watch that again. Yeah, um, Oh no shit. Frank, Bears Raiders in London, it's not technically a, a Raiders home game. Um which I think kind of sucks for them, but fuck them. Um, who are you taking in this one, Frankie? I,
0: I mean, I I got the Bears. I, I, The only thing I'm really looking forward to is the run game getting on track. I think this is a game where Nagy can play 1941-style football and just run the ball 50 times. Like, I, I want this running game to get on track. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think we know what we are in the pass game. We just need a quarterback to be accurate. Like, Allen Robinson has looked good – Anthony Miller hasn't looked good, but he seems to be getting back on track with the last couple of games. But it's like we haven't looked good at all at any point in the run game. Like we've had spurts of, of the past game. We're like, hey, it looks like we got a little something here. This hasn't been consistent. I at least want a flash of the run game. Give me something here, David Montgomery and Terry Cohen, please.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's kind of this. This I know we talked a little bit about it when they played uh, played Washington um, as as kind of a get right game. This might be that kind of get right game for for a few different players. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to drop 40 points on the Raiders. It's possible. Um, you know, it just depends how Chase Daniel plays. Um, I'm not expecting a lot of vertical game to go along with this. I think maybe some more intermediate stuff, but mm-hmm. maybe just to get some guys kind of kind of in the flow of the game. I'm I'm talking, um, you know, Trey Burton. I, I want to see him start getting back. We we saw a little bit more of an improvement against the Vikings. Um, you know, so I'm here. I'm I want to see a little bit more from him. Uh, Alan Robinson's obviously been great. Anthony Miller needs to, he needs to fucking step up. He, he needs, you talked earlier about guys on the offense needing kind of to put the, to put the defense kind of on notice and be like, all right, we're, we're fucking here too. He's one of those guys that needs to, I agree. Going. um, you, you can't, I I'm sorry. I, I know we talked a little bit about this off air a couple days ago. I don't want to get too much more into it right now. Um, but you, you you can't let Javon Wims outplay you as, as as Anthony Miller cannot let Javon Wims outplay him. Um, And and I'm not taking anything away from Javon Wims. I I just, from what we've been told, Anthony Miller is supposed to be like an Antonio Brown kind of guy with the work ethic, with the, with the ability, with the separation. And Frank, I just haven't seen it yet. Um, I think this offensive line, if they're going to dominate any, any game this year, it's going to be this one. uh, As we talked a little bit about, the the Raiders pass rushing there, there isn't a whole lot going on there. Um, So I think this is, this could be a week that the run game gets settled in um, hit the bye week, get healthy, kind of figure some things out, get Mitch back, get ready to roll for the second half of the season, even though I guess it's not technically half I'll count the bye week as the second half.
0: Yeah, no. And and,
1: uh, I'm going to watch Bears by the way. I don't know if I said that. I'm I'm,
0: I'm really, I'm, I'm watching the game with a different, scope like i I, i'm anticipating a win i want it to look good like just getting a win won't be good enough even with the backup quarterback in i want the offense to start looking just good even if they only put up 16 points again look good that's all like at this point that's all i want it's not about the the numbers or or the or the points like let's look like a fucking offense let's look like an nfl offense
1: frank let's say the bears do win this game and let's say they do it unimpressively in terms of the offense is that the most suppressed you 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 felt you you could you even imagine you would have felt this frustrated after ha- going into the bye week four and one? <laughs>
0: like, uh, no, I, no. I mean, the, I mean especially because like we were expected to be an above average to good offense this year. So it's like, so I would have never anticipated that we would look even worse offensively than it, last year.
1: It's insane that so many people are so frustrated with this team and yet they're still three and one, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, like, it's a
0: mark of a good team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see if that continues this week. Uh, Frank, this has been an absolute blast. Um, you know, we we got some more fun things going on a little bit. We we'll, we may have to to break away a little from the NFL talk. Uh, we got some NHL Blackhawks played. Uh, their their season starts. Um, the Bulls season starts soon, so we'll definitely. Um, you know, we we don't want to just become a football podcast, Frankie. Uh, so we'll we'll talk a little more about some other things, especially when the NBA season. Because I, I need to get your takes on on this James Harden fadeaway three that he's trying to do right oh, now or that he hasn't made literally once. Um, you know, I I I would definitely get your thoughts on that. Um, LeBron seems to think he's going to reclaim his throne this year. I don't know if you saw his comments. I did, take. I did see that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, well, 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 I know I know some people are kind of wondering if we're, if we're going to kind of break away from the NFL format a little bit. I mean, you guys are complaining that we're talking too much baseball, then you're complaining we're talking too much football. We'll give away we'll give you what you want. Alright? Just don't come bitching back to us when we fucking do it. Alright? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Frank, fuck the Eagles. fuck the Falcons. I was gonna say Eagles. <laughs> I was like, Eagles, what fuck. did the Eagles do to you? The Eagles won the fucking Super Bowl, because so they're men. Fucking Falcons just suck dick. Fuck them. This has been the corked up podcast here <laughs> on Two Sun Spots. I'm Jack Savio, he's Frank Harris. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate all the support and listens that you guys give us. Um, Frank, I have to go dominate our our Dynasty League that you just invited me to. So I'll, I'll catch you next week, all right? All right. Later, man. Have a good one. Bye, guys.